Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This week, I speak to comedian and radio presenter PJ Gallagher. And then my dad would have to take them to mass. So my dad had this car, like this old um, Ford Cortina, you know, yeah. like and like the regular Cortina, and like him. So there's like the seven men in this fucking thing <laughs> going to St John's Church in Clontarf, like, and them all piling out. And then of course none of them got to mass. They just got out and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> including me Elfala who just got to the fucking pub you know and then they come back you're like what's going on here like yeah, people and then me ma's like where are they I don't know like it was just <laughs> absolutely bats yeah. like you know and you, some people just you know one guy Danny would just get out of the car and come home and he didn't want to go mass in the first place what do you make a force and grown adults to go to mass for PJ lives in Clontarf in Dublin with his two dogs, Wendy and Stella. And in this conversation, he talks about being adopted, his unconventional upbringing, how he's more flight than fight, and how he struggles with feelings of self-worth. He adores dogs, bikes, Bohemian's football club and small talk, but he isn't a fan of hugging. He's hilarious and searingly honest, and this conversation is as real as it gets. PJ, I'm chuffed that you're here today. Thanks a million for saying yes to this no, chat. No problem. Yeah. No, it's not a big deal to say yes. So, you, you know, I wanted to do it. So we are currently experiencing like the hottest days of our lives is what I feel at yeah. the moment. It's very warm and it's lovely, but I'm, I'm expecting some kind of struggling in the heat. How are you getting on? Because I know you have dogs as well. How are they managing the heat? Ah, uh, yeah, no, they don't like the heat very much. You know, yeah. well, one of them is not, she's all right, but she's in getting an operation today. I don't know what I was doing with her, but she stood on something and got something in her paw. Okay. So she's not well. So as, as soon as we're finished here, I have to go and collect her. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. But they're, they're grand. I mean, I mean, we're all grand. Like, I, you're... Six months pregnant, I'm wearing a pair of jeans. I'm slightly uncomfortable in jeans, so I'm looking at the brighter side of things. They they have four and they have a paddling pool, so so things are all good. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of of, of good pet owners are aware, but like the heat and 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 your dogs or whatever type of pet you have, it's not always like their friends. So you need to kind of keep an eye out. For yeah. Them. Well, you forget that body runs a lot harder than ours. Mm. I think a lot of the time, and then you know the hot pavement. You know the, the general rule: stick the back of your hand onto the pavement. If that's a bit hot for you, it's going to be even hotter for them so uh, that's the thing too so just, yeah, yeah. I'm all mad about dogs I'm not like people are alright but dogs are fantastic you know dogs are everything is it three you have 
No, two. I had three. I okay. lost one of them in November last year. So sorry. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, my God. It's so yeah. horrible. I know I'm one of these people. Dogs are family. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not yeah, one yeah. of these lie down with dogs, get up with fleas. Lie down with dogs, get up with ease. You know, they are yeah. family. So they sleep in the bed and they sleep wherever they can. And they, if you're a visitor to the house or a visitor to their house. And this dog was one of the first dogs that was like, um, I nearly said rented. No, that was adopted out of Dogs Trust. Yeah, okay. And uh, so I had a really big attachment to her. Mm. And uh, I was horrible saying goodbye to her. Like, yeah, it was I had so much stand-up and all based on this dog because, you know, when I was writing shows, this animal was like the greatest personality in my life at the time because it was the only person I could practice stuff on and they wouldn't say that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and because they're there for the entire process. Uh, yeah, so I get very, very attached. And I mean, you've had dogs, I, I believe, your entire life. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you could mark me life through the dogs I've had, you know. Yeah. First dog, and they all have had unusual names that kind of didn't suit them. Like, I had an Alsatian called Tara. And then I had <laughs> a boy collie called Saoirse. And I've had all these. It's always been a random sort of potluck of name. It's like a, the dog came out of one barrel and the name came out of another. And that was it. You were just looking what it was. Uh, but I've never been without a dog. A house isn't a home without them, I don't think. Yeah. You know, like, that's the closest to family I'll ever have. You know, I got married and I wasn't very good at that um, but when I have, but I'm very good with animals I'm very good I understand that relationship very very well yeah. uh, so you know so when I look back through I would say I nearly have chapters to my life and those chapters are the dogs so there's the Tara years the yeah, Searcy yeah, years yeah. the Lilo years the Wendy years the Stella years yeah, uh, yeah I no really I appreciate that and I think anyone who's a dog lover who's had dogs will, will get what you're saying some people just don't they just they don't get it yeah, you know, they don't get it. Non-dog people don't get it at all. One of my no. friends, uh, Stephanie Preisner, you know Stephanie Preisner? <laughs> she's a good friend of mine. Like, she doesn't she get it. She doesn't get it. Okay. Like, she doesn't <laughs> get it. To her, it's like having a seagull in the house. Like, she just thinks it's this wild, raving animal who's likely to fuck up your bins <laughs> and just make a mess and shite on your couch. That's all she sees. She sees this machine that wants to rob your dinner and shit in your couch. That's all she sees. So she does not get it. No matter how much I say, no, I'm really, like, I mean, given the choice between you and the dog, the dog is and she's like this is insane I'm a human being I'm like yeah but the dog's family uh, so, yeah. so it's yeah. like this yeah, yeah, yeah. she doesn't get it you know she just doesn't get it like even when I'm sitting down next to her and we're having coffee we go for coffee all the time you know uh, we've just started that's our relationship we meet up have coffee yeah. tell each other our problems and then go our separate ways you know carry each other's bags away kind of thing yeah. and like we're chatting and the dog comes up of course I'm re reaching forward and she's like oh, this, oh, this like it's like a lion you know it's like this, this wild thing has just come out of the savannah wearing a collar like she's just terrified of it doesn't get it uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and that's fair enough I kind of have to remember that too you but know? that's it people have a valid fear of, 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 of dogs it's for not even reasons. a fear it's just like a genuine dislike, dislike. it's just like okay. if you came in here to do the podcast and for some reason your uncle was sitting in the corner <laughs> I'd be fucking weirded out by that I'd be like why did she bring her uncle like this is the strangest <laughs> dynamic to a podcast ever I'd be like why on earth did Sheila Shoulder turn up with an uncle like that's what she sees it like it's like you're bringing this furry uncle around with you and it's disturbing the natural dynamic of conversation yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah. like it yeah. yeah funny isn't it yeah <laughs> see you mentioned it there and I, I don't like look you tell me to fake off if I'm if, if you don't want to go there but I know that you know you were married you're not now but well, no, you I'm do... still married it's, we haven't gone through the formalities of oh it. have you not yeah but oh, we're excuse separated excuse me so no, no, sorry no it's grand no there's no there's, there's no uh, sensitivities here at all we're best of friends see, we're still it. the best of mates you know that's what I sense from you anytime I've ever heard you speak about it like you, you're on yeah you're good pals and do you still kind of share the responsibility of the dog? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, the, yeah, that's the family. Oh, mm. yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, she dropped the dog to the vet today, so I will have to collect. Like, there's a whole sort of thing yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think, I think to be honest, the dogs were a huge part in why we ended up still being uh, the best of friends, you know. Yeah. I think that's played a huge part in it. Uh, and we are, you know. I'm very, very lucky in that I've only ever had, you know, uh, every woman I've been has been in my life has been a better person than I am so it makes uh, breakups fairly easy because we can all just accept it's my fault <laughs> and then, uh, I, think, no, I think that's the truth uh, so I think that me, Elaine and me have just been like she is like the, she's my number one I suppose in the mm. world you know still yeah. you know it's just this person that's like always been there understands me like very 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 well yeah. like she's my best friend she is my best friend so yeah. uh, and, and it's uh, like we're broke up a while now so she's with somebody else now and it's great to be able to be that far in where you can go oh I'm so happy that you're really happy healthy. with this you know yeah 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 um, which is feels a bit Hollywood uh, and maybe if somebody else told me the story I might not believe it but I but you're living it but I'm living it yeah fair play 
and yeah. it, is, it is mature and it's not always well, the easiest mature, thing yeah. to do but fair I know, well, it's not. It's, yeah it's mature now I mean obviously there was like a, a rough patch there where like you know things were pretty spicy like you know yeah, it's yeah. like a bit like a vindaloo it seems like a great idea and then it's burning the arse off you know but like yeah so yeah, there yeah. was so the, but we're, we're there like things no, are I good get it. yeah things are very good so this this whole pandemic mm. has obviously kind of taught us lessons and been a, a strange old time. We're still bloody in it. Uh, but I, I believe that you're not a hugger. So you must love this whole non-contact thing that's going on. Yeah, at the start, I thought this was great. And I do love the uh, anti-social distancing. Like, I'm into that. Like, yeah. I hope we never go back. <laughs> Like, I'm into anti-social distancing is something that I am very much a fan of. You know, like, we went mental there where every time we met people, we had to hug and kiss them. Yeah. You know, it was getting weird. Again, like, if your uncle came in, I'd be expected to go up and kiss him <laughs> on his cheek or something. Like, it was just really... It was getting, we were getting... We were losing the run of ourselves. COVID was bound to happen. You know, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yes, and I'm not into that. I'm really not into that. I, never. Like, never. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, I'm like, I'm not, I'm get, I get weird about personal space and I don't like being touched and I don't like any of that so when COVID happened initially yeah. I was having a laugh like it was that three months or whatever where it was like oh this is actually a bit of a novelty and now it's acceptable that we just don't have to touch each other anymore I was like this is great you know yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah this is great I'm, how naive was that this is great we're all getting a few I'm, months off work it's great uh, and then the reality of it I think kicked in you know and yeah. I, I, it's a very different world now you know don't exactly want to hug or kiss anyone um, but at the same time it's been so long like it's been so hard like COVID yeah. kicked the shit out of me at the end I'd say the last after Christmas I think Big I really really got a people. belt of real belt of I'm struggling here like I'm really struggling here you know wasn't able to keep my head up at all wasn't able to enjoy anything anymore even though like even though you know you go into this sort of dialogue in your head where you're like ah no no I'm going to focus on the good things and it's all very well it's all very Dalai fucking lamb I'll keep a journal and I'll be grand and thing. And then you just start writing down shit that you just can't enjoy anymore it becomes a very different exercise and the yeah, next yeah. thing I was got, like sort of going okay these are things I appreciate but it was like oh I don't appreciate them. I'm actually just listing more things I don't enjoy because of COVID, you know. Uh, yeah. So I think it kicked the shit out of me. Like, it really did. Snuck up on me, you know. It snuck up on me and then you start doing, like, same as anybody, I suppose. I started, like, you know, opening that beer too many, opening that fucking cake too many, you know, all of that sort of shit. So I'm now the signs slowly, are not on you. Huh? The signs are not on you. Well, no, I'm slowly getting my life back together now. I haven't seen you in a while, but you're looking pretty ripped. To I'm me. not ripped. Jesus, I'm not ripped. Whatever you've been doing during this time. I'm, you've been doing something. Have you been I'm, doing I'm your back, own work? I'm back like? training a bit again. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm back training a bit again. Like yeah. I used to train a lot. And okay. then I stopped. Uh, around Christmas time I stopped. It just all fell yeah. away, you know. Uh, there was a bit of a, you know, when you're feeling bad, there's a bit of a what's the point sort of thing that creeps in. Uh, but no, back again doing bits and pieces like, yeah. And that's good for the head. Oh, it's great for the head. It's great for everything. Yeah, it's great yeah, for your yeah. appetite, for your manners, puts discipline on you. It's great for everything, you know. Uh, it gives you motivation to do other stuff. I know it goes, it's totally counterintuitive. Like that, if working out gives you more energy for the rest of your day. But it, it really is true. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's a bizarre thing, but it does work. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it myself in a while, but I, I remember... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The deep crevices of my mind. Well, you're being hard. You, you, you're literally carrying another. I'm you, a human being. Like you're carrying but, another uh, yeah, human. but I've been using probably the excuse of the pandemic for a long time. It's the best everything. excuse ever. Can you imagine if I was pregnant? Imagine me, a man sitting next to you, six months pregnant. Can you imagine the drama? Oh no, shit! I'd be sitting. There. Can you imagine the drama? I'd be sitting here and I'd be shouting. Mean, you have no idea what it's like. You'd be getting that for a start. Do you know what it's like being a pregnant man in this town. No one gives a fuck about you. I've been giving you all of that, and I can't. I'll eat when I. I want to eat don't you dare judge me like I'd be full on guns blazing there you are going ah, you're being hard on yourself it's unbelievable well you like, are too and that's something I've always observed about you in interviews whether it's podcasts or, or you know press interviews you seem to be tough on yourself I, I, I don't know am I, I don't, yeah you I, are you are I, 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 that's my opinion of you yeah. is that uh, yeah you, you seem to be somebody that like you know and it's an endearing quality I think you've, I find you quite self-deprecating but you even said that there about your ex like everyone you've been in a relationship with is better than you do you really believe that? I, I well, yeah, about one or two. <laughs> I mean, we all have our landmarks. We all look at one and go, oh, yeah, what was I thinking? That was definitely not my fault. <laughs> you know, we all have them. We all have those people who go, that one, that was not my fault. 
that was that was definitely I played my part. I definitely added shit to the fire, but it was not my fault. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's definitely that. But I think generally speaking, I think generally speaking, yeah, I do believe it. Yeah, I've been, I've only really had very positive like female influences in my life. I think in general. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I do think that. I think the reason that I'm really good friends with almost everybody I've ever been with, not that there's a huge list or anything, you know, the handful of people, is because. That's the truth. I mean, we can. It was a pretty acknowledgeable sort of thing where I kind of realised I'm the one that's fucking this up. You know, I don't know if you like people cursing on your podcast, yeah, sorry yeah, yeah, but, I'm the one that, but I'm the one that's making a mess of this. Uh, yeah, so I do believe that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I think I, you know, generally speaking, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very afraid of disappointing people, but I suppose you sort of do what scares you a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I focus on that maybe too much, but it's it's what I've taken away from a lot of relationships is, is like, you know, I, I come away from relationships thinking, geez, I can't do this. I'm just right. really bad at this. This is just something I'm really shit at. But at the same time, you keep trying, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, But uh, I wonder, is it is it that or is it something else from like, a, you know, much further back? Obviously, with you being adopted and you've spoken really openly about reconnecting with your, your birth parents. Yeah, yeah and your family that does that give you a little bit of a an unsteady grounding yes it does yeah it mm. does because you always feel like you're an accident in somebody's life i do anyway i know that okay and all the acknowledging of that doesn't really make any difference so it doesn't matter what i say or anyone else ever says to you no because it's my fundamental belief is it yes is there any way of reprogramming that do you think no i don't think so you're not okay I don't think so for me. I always think that I'm, I'm always feel like a, I can't, I always feel like I'm on the verge of, I don't know, I'm always trying to make up for me existence, I think. Because I, I always feel like I'm, I'm, if I haven't fucked up a relationship yet, I will. And that's nobody's fault. I mean, this just, it's just a, gush, a guttural feeling I cannot get rid of. And yeah. I, I know it's there and people say, oh, if you acknowledge it, fine, you can train your reactions different. I, I've never been able to do it. I quite simply, honestly believe that uh, if I'm in your life, it might be worse off because of it. And I can't really seem to shift that. And I, I, maybe it is because of adoption. Maybe it's because of the madhouse experience. Maybe it's because of, you know... I mean, the simple fact that I was a boy in, a, in an all-girls school for the first few years of my life was a bit of a weird one. Really? You know, I, yeah. I, I always felt like I didn't fit in. I still right. feel like I don't fit in. Uh, I, I get I get into things and I get throw myself at them. I feel like I can never get enough of them if I feel like there's any belonging at all. You, you know, and and I try and make a home out of things. I, like I don't just get into motorbikes, for instance. I have to make a home. It has become my whole. It becomes my whole life. You know, yeah. becomes this thing that I can attach myself to. It becomes this thing that I have made for myself. Um, but then ultimately, they, you know, ultimately these things end up being unfulfilling, and then you kind of pull away a bit, you know. And then of course I'm always asking for everyone's validation, but as soon as I get it, I don't want it. So that probably goes back to not wanting to be touched by people. I'm always asking for validation. I became a stand-up comedian. I mean, literally, my job was to stand up and say, please like me. Yeah. And then at the end, I just wanted to run home. As soon as they said yes, I couldn't take it. I still couldn't take it. So maybe that's why my relationships get fucked up. Because I, I go out with someone and I'm asking someone, oh, please love me, please love me. And then as soon as it happens, All right. I, I, I can't take, I cannot function under the expectation that comes with that. I think I'm just much, I function much better in the, in yeah, the leave okay. me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think so the lead the that. lead up to things so like when you're on the way up that's a more comfortable space for you rather than when you've kind of made it be it in a career or personal life uh, having arrived at anything is where I can't really function you yeah know, if I'm chasing something or if I think I can maybe achieve something or if I think that's something that's going to fill this hole that I'm always trying to fill this you know oh, this will justify why you're in the world if I think that I'm onto something like that then that's fine I'll chase it and chase and chase it but then getting there never does and then it becomes a new thing um, yeah 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 I think that's why I'm terrible in relationships you know I do think so I, I'm like I look I, like, I suppose you build your building blocks are what they are you know and there are plenty of people listening who know your 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 story as it were and uh, and I've heard you speak before but the, there'll also be people who haven't so maybe we should give a, a sense of it now but essentially 
Yes, you were adopted. You were born in Bespera House. Yeah, my mother was in Bespera House, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you were, I think, 27, you met your birth parents. Who, I did, yeah. Who actually went on to, to marry and have... More children more of their children own, yeah. More children after that. So, I mean, that's massive stuff, let's be honest. That's huge. Yeah, I guess so. But I have to say, in fairness to my parents, they were hand- it was handled so well. Yeah. There was never a time in my life I did not know that that was the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so really there healthy. was never any kerplunk moment. There was never a Secrecy. finding out your different moment. There was never any secrets or cloak and dagger or lies or right, cover-ups yeah. or anything. And that was a huge thing. That was the one thing they handled absolutely perfectly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, no parent gets things right, but they handled it so well. Like, so it, there was never a big realisation. And I don't really understand how, but my parents always knew. So they always knew that I had two other brothers or two sisters or that there was other children. Somehow... Do they tell you that? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, so again... I always knew. Okay. Like, and even then when I started the search, like my parents were like, oh my, or sorry, not even before I started my search, my mother would tell me like, listen, you got to go out and like, she would sort of scare the shit out of me actually because she'd say, you got to go and find your um, birth parents and you got to find your family. You have to find, if you're from a rock on the ground, you have to find a rock and for God's sake, what happens if you end up marrying your sister? And I'd be like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what happens if I do end up marrying my sister? <laughs> I said, you get into a fight with your brother. You'd be on, you could be on a football pitch kicking lumps out of each other. That'd be a terrible thing. Jesus Christ, what would you do? And I'm just like, Jesus, what would I do? You know, I was in a panic then. You know, yeah. there was about 10 years of my life for us walking around going, have I, have I had it off with my sister? Like, what's, <laughs> I was in a terrible state. You know, I just didn't know. And then, uh, have I, have me and my brother punched the heads off? What has happened, like, in my okay, life? You know, okay. I didn't I mean, know. I know I'm laughing, but in, 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 in I know, it's funny. It's, it's funny, funny like, but it in is. a serious way, as a kid, well, that's the, kind the anxiety. Of scary. Yeah, the anxieties yeah, yeah, around yeah. it and knowing these people are out there yeah. and not knowing how to handle it or what to do. And at the same time, wondering, is it the right thing to, to look because you don't know what you'll find? And they don't know what they'll find. I'm afraid of letting people down down too so you know what if they find me and they just see this you know this waste of space this one you know like all these things go through your head and you just don't it's very hard to know what is the right thing to do and very hard to know who you are and this of course branches when you're young you're imagining that your parents are not normal people like whatever you are it's like you know when people say they're reincarnated you ever hear this people like I want about being reincarnated but they're never reincarnated as being a plumber in the 60s no it's always some <laughs> Greek fucking king or something you know there's never like I was a plumber in Liverpool like they never they never come back from that it's only really glorious shit and it's the same I think when you're an adopted kid you only imagine that your parents could have babies big like so I used to imagine kings and queens and aliens quite a lot that there was like you know there was some alien connection or something you know as a little kid yeah, these yeah, are the, yeah. this is what of goes through your head yeah, yeah. and you forget that it's just human beings like they're just yeah. human beings in a different part not even of the world but in a different part of the country you're already in so you know when you try and when it's eventually when you start humanising how what the whole experience is that you start going right I, I, I'm now I think I'm ready to go and, and uh, do the search you know and uh, as well, yeah. you're told, so it's in your back of your head. Am I going to ruin these people's lives? Am I going to turn up and just, like, you know, they live their lives. They're doing their thing. They never did anything wrong. Am I going to just walk into their lives now and set fire to it? You know, there's a bit of that too. And, you know, when you start feeling guilty about, am I going to be the one thing, like, you know, am I, do, do they even talk about me? Who are, like, do they, you know, you just don't know. Yeah, it's okay. the not knowing. Yeah. And I'm lucky I met people who are just brilliant pe- people, you know. I'm lucky I just met very good people, you know. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Yeah. I think my, uh, as i close to an ideal situation that there is, is what I found. You know, they mm. stayed together. They loved each other. You know, they still had a family. I think that's as good as you can ever hope to get from these experiences, I, I think. And, that, and that's a gorgeous perspective to have. Um, I would imagine that on the other side of it, you could have had a different perspective, which is, you know, they went on to marry. They went on to have four more kids. Yeah. And, and I wasn't part of the mix. Did that ever go through your head? Yeah, when you're young, when yeah, times okay. are hard, like, you know, it's when times are hard that really does go through the mix. Okay. Yeah, of course. And you start thinking, what was wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Why me? Like, when you find out that you're so different, and it was finding out I was so different. It wasn't, like I told you, there was no... It was a gradual thing, but you started... And then, you know, you're... Just so you feel like you're cut loose, you're stranded, you know. It's very hard to connect to people there and very hard to trust anyone, you know. Yeah. It's like, what did I do? What did I do? Like, you know, I, I think a part of my 
Psyche will always ask that question, you know, like it's, it is, it's not 50-50, it's, it's just, un, it bubbles under, you know, your formative years of your life are where you, you learn how to react to stuff, you know, so I know that the truth is I couldn't have ended better, really, you know, in a real life, real world situation, it couldn't have ended better to find people who loved each other, got married, had kids, that wanted to see me when I wanted to see them, that's a huge thing, you know, yeah, that's a yeah. huge okay. thing, because, you know, I've met so many people who are adopted and they... Have a different experience. They have, re like, really, really bad experiences. Yeah, and they're yeah. still just told, look, I, I don't want you in my life, you know. Yeah, God. And that's a... Tough. Really, so that must be... I can't imagine how tough that is. Yeah, that you yeah. spend your life building up to this moment and then you're told, I don't want to mm. do this. You know, that's must... That's I, I've never had any of that. I only had good people who opened the door to let me in. And, I, I you know, I can't be more thankful than that. But at the same time, there's just this... The irrational, emotional side to me that says, well, what the fuck did I do wrong here? Yeah, and would that ever and go away, do you think? I don't know. I mean, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I think at this stage, I'm 46 years old. Like, if I hadn't gone away at this stage, it's not going to go away. I'm, you know, I'm a middle-aged man. Like, I, I react to things the way I react to things. I see myself the way I see myself. I feel the way I feel, you know. Maybe I can handle, you know, I get those reactions and then maybe I'll learn to deal with them differently but I don't think it'll ever go away no I don't yeah okay I think that's just how I react to things now yeah. you know there's like I'm still doing the same shit I'm still out there doing the same things I'm still living the same patterns doing the same repeating them over and over again so I don't know so say with me now right so we're sitting here having this conversation but um maybe not even me but anyone you meet is your because your disposition is very um, sunny, I suppose. You know, you're, you're, you've got a gorgeous big smile. You're very open and very, you're very warm. You're very friendly. I've always felt that anytime I've ever met you in person. Um, but do you kind of are suspicious? Are you suspicious of people? Like, you know, because you've mentioned a kind of a distrust of people. Well, I, you know, just, yeah, I get suspicious do, of people. Do you? Yeah. If you want to do, if you know people who are very, I'm always, I'm always afraid of owing people a favour. Okay. I'm always, you know, afraid. You don't get anything for free in this world, is that it? Yeah, always like, what do you want? Okay. <laughs> you know, what do you want? Like, so if, if someone is know. being nice to you, I don't mind being someone is, being nice to me. If someone says, leave, let me sort this out for you, or I'll do this for you, or I'll do that for you. I hate people helping me. That's what it is. Okay. I love the friend. I like being friendly with people. Yeah. I love meeting people. And I love small talk. I know a lot of people hate small talk. I love small talk. Okay. We're getting nothing done. <laughs> I would talk to every. I would. I swear to God, I would talk to you here for a every day for six months if I thought we'd get nothing done. <laughs> I, I love that. I yeah. love that we're getting nothing done. Yeah. You know, I love that. But as soon as it gets to the point where people are helping, then I feel like I owe them, okay. and then it feels like I can't escape. Uh, you know, and when so does it feel kind of claustrophobic? Yeah, that's what why I struggle in relationships. I think you know, I start feeling like I owe, and then I can't escape. Um, God, okay. You know. So, are you control so. controlling? Is a strong word? No, you know. far from it. Actually, yeah, yeah, okay, far from control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way, it, oh, it's, yeah. yeah. You know the way they say you have a fight or flight. Yeah, response. Response. Mm. I am, and it took me a long, long time to learn this about myself because my idea of myself is very different to the reality. But I am flight every time. All right, I get you. Every time, every fucking time, fly, run, go, leg it. Yeah. Every single time. And I thought I was fighting, but I wasn't. I was only annoying myself. Uh, so yeah. when you're nice to me, I'm thinking you're up to something, go. Like, you know, oh, okay. my social scissors, I am the best social scissors man in the world. Mm -hmm. I only ever fight with people one time in my life. That's it. New you never sim, get, new you never me. never get a second chance. Yeah, new sim, new me, gone. We, we have yeah. one fight. Because I'm doing everything I can to make you happy. And then if we have a fight, I can't ever do that again. So, like, yeah, the okay. social scissors comes out. Like, yeah. if I say to you, I am never speaking to you again, I can pretty much be sure that will never happen again. So, and that's because I'm terrified, you know. But that's, I'm afraid of owing you something. Okay. What do you make of that phrase, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy? You know, people say, if you say things often enough... Yeah. You're kind of putting it into existence. So yeah. when you're saying these things all the time, I'm always this, I'm always that. Do you think you're always just kind of going to be that because you keep keep saying it? Maybe. Maybe there's true to that. But I think for me, if that means doing all the work, I probably won't do the work. Um, so I guess I start focusing on this acceptance. Okay. For me, it's you. just trying to accept. This is it. That this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I think that for me is a, is a bigger thing, you know. When I listen to you, I go, because all I see, and I'm sure this is said to you a lot, is that great guy, so much going for him. But is there is there somewhere deep down a little bit of a, a lack of self-worth? Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the validation I think of doing. I think that's sort of like a lot of the stand-up and stuff like that, you know, was just... I, I tell you, there's always... So my whole life, you can sum it up in one sentence. Like, it's just trying to find one thing I was good at. That's it. Try and find one... Anything. Anything. It could have been that, and I didn't give a shit. I just had to try and find something that I was good at. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and... Like I tried a lot of shit Like I mean I had to be bad At a lot of stuff first You know Like genuinely everything You know So like you know, I, I wanted to play Football for Dublin I really really wanted To play football for Dublin But I can't catch a ball Unless it's with my face So straight away That was gone <laughs> You know what I mean like, So I threw myself at that And I really wanted to Impress my dad with that You know I always was trying To get my dad's attention like, You know But it was 1970s 1980s Dublin Growing up It's very hard to get Your dad's attention Regardless You know And my dad was like one of those men he was 28 he looked 48 he was mm. walking around the beach in a suit with a comb over okay, you know like yeah, you know yeah, very, yeah. very hard to get the man's attention but I couldn't do it I couldn't do it you know I couldn't play football I couldn't do that so I went to school and I was not fairly academic I couldn't do it you know uh, you know, like I couldn't sit down and think I still can't you know mm-hmm. as people say oh you wrote this show you wrote that show I did my bollocks I, st- I stood in a room and talked to myself and like you know put post-its on a wall I can't I still can't sit down and, and write stuff and then I went to do you know so many other things motorbike racing is something that I love so much but I was never going to be good enough to, to be a pro racer or something but the one thing I was always able to do was tell stories you know yeah Oh, was I always able to express myself? You know, one way or the other, I could always express myself. And it was always seen as negative. So even then, so I found this one thing I could do really, really well. Yeah. But it was seen as disruptive and negative. So I guess then you, you spend your life, your childhood, trying to find this one fucking thing you can do. And then as soon as you find it, you're told you're bad. Uh, and, and I guess that has an impact where you go, right, I, I've confirmed it now. I really am a bit shit. I do. You know, the one thing I'm good at is this: is this is is being in the way. You know, once again, you know. But then, stand up arrived. You know, stand up arrived, and for the first time ever, I'll never forget it. Like the first time ever doing the stand up show, and being kind of shit, and uh, thinking, but there's something in this. Yeah. I don't even like it. Yeah. I don't like stand up. Yeah, I would I never go to a stand up show, but I remember thinking, there's something in this. Something happened there. There was something. There was a bit of magic. Something happened. Yeah. And then going back to the international. I remember going back to the international, and it was on straight after the break where they put the newcomers. You know, mm. and it was me and I think Barry Murphy was on and Kevin Gildee was on. You know, it was all the old original guys yeah, from back in the day. Yeah. And going on and and doing this gig and blowing the roof off the place. Yeah. And I thought, that's fucking it. This is it. I'm good at something. Yeah. Do you like it? No. But I'm good. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. So there's this course then that everything I liked, I wasn't good at, but everything, but this one thing came along that I wasn't, didn't really, don't really like too much. I don't really care about it, but I was able to do, I was able to do it, you know, for, for the first time ever, I felt like it was not just good at something, but it was actually had value to it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Isn't that interesting how, as you said, like, because I know you've spoken about loving radio now and, you know, you do your telly work, you do your different things and you've your passions, you know, motorbike racing, whatever it is and, and with football and everything. But then you excelled in comedy and have done yeah. and still do. Um, and yet you didn't really feel it. No, I never That's loved interesting. it. No, because the anxiety again, the expectation, getting on stage every night and thinking you're going to ruin everyone's weekend, you know thinking to yourself like I couldn't do a Vicar Street show without thinking there's 1100 people out there and I could ruin all their weekends I could never remove myself couldn't quite in that voice from that voice never never even when you came down to like mad laughter tears and eyes people just like screaming roaring clapping for you was that voice ever going you did it no yeah yeah no for in those moments yeah but they were, just, they were short, is it? Really short. Okay. To the point that I had to get out of the room immediately. Oh, you weren't so, able for the praise after? Oh, no, no. So I used to do gigs oh, with okay. all the support acts I would do gigs with. So when, when it really started flying after the naked camera years, when I was doing the Vicar yeah. Streets and the sold out theatres and everything. Yeah. So I would always tell the support act that was on, this is going to be my last joke. So when I say this, start the car. All right. So they would, so they would go, okay. So I would say, so I would go into it. And I would know from the second I started that routine that the back door to the venue was open and the car engine was running. That's back to the flight thing again. And that's back Gone. to flight. Get Gone. out of here. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. So, so yeah. in the moment of it, in those last few moments of a gig where you knew you blew the roof off the place where people were having a great time, there was, that was like, you know, you didn't let anyone down. You did good. They had a good time. They had a good time. Now get the fuck out of here. You know, jump into the car and go. I mean, go. I would be in the car down the road before even they would be out of their seats. Wow. Most nights. Every night, I would say, to be honest. Like, even when we were playing the festivals, I would never sit in the green rooms with the other acts. I would always sit with the uh, people who were working there okay. before the gigs because I couldn't stand the, the talk about the gigs and I couldn't stand the talk about the, you know, what people were going to do and what we were doing next. And, oh, Jesus Christ, next? Are you joking me? Next? I'm doing this next? Like, I have to do half an hour here in a minute you know let yeah, me swallow yeah. that first you Let's know get through this yeah and we also used to you know I would always be quite envious of the confidence of the other lads who loved it and who couldn't wait to get on stage yeah interesting but I suppose we all have our own process especially entertainers you know whether you're a, a stand-up comedian or an actor who's you know taken to the stage whatever it is um Everybody has their own process. Some people go very quiet, don't want to be around anyone. Other yeah. people love the distraction of love it. Love the chats. And, and as, as somebody who's worked behind the scenes on things, be it an MC or whatever, I see it. I see it in in musicians and singers, in, in keynote speakers. Everyone is so different. No, I do gigs with the likes of Carl Spain. And Carl Spain was unbelievable. Like he would literally yeah. be talking talking to you in the middle of a conversation <laughs> as, he walk, like, <laughs> as he walks onto the stage. Like he's still looking back. They've called his name and he's like, I'll just finish this. <laughs> And he would tell you at <laughs> the end so of a story him. as he's walking backwards up to the microphone <laughs> and then he turn me and go, hey, here's it going. I'd be like, how in the name of God does <laughs> anyone have confidence like that? Yeah. How does anyone have that confidence? Uh, you know, I would be so envious of the likes of Neil Delamere who are a joke writer. Like yeah, he can just yeah, sit yeah, down yeah, before yeah, a gig yeah. and he'll write shit down on a piece of paper and then he'll get up and he'll just try it and it will work. I was like, mm. how do you do that? Like the confidence that took. You know, I had to go out and have something happen and then, you know, torture myself for an entire day for where's the joke, where's the joke, where's the joke, where's the joke, it's going to be shit, where is it, it's not going to work, 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 bang, it worked, grow shit, get me out of here, you know. Did you ever think though, so you, you might look at them and, and not necessarily be envious, but think like, how do they do that, that's brilliant, but do you ever think that they looked at you and thought, how does he do do what he does. Well, yeah, but that, yeah, well, I, yeah, because I, I suppose, in fairness, that's something I wouldn't take for myself. People were, I was, I knew I was doing just one thing other people weren't weren't doing. Yeah, yeah, I knew I was, I knew I was good at it. Yeah, I know. I just couldn't enjoy it. I knew I was good at it though. Like I knew it was, I was good at it, but I was still waiting to, to. I still couldn't. Like thoughts of I'm going to get up here and ruin everyone's weekend. The thoughts of it every time, every time I get on stage, I'm going to ruin their night. Oh, I'm going to fucking ruin their night. 
The, the, the thoughts of it runs through my head all day. These, these people have paid 25 quid in and I'm going to wreck it. You know, they right. couldn't get rid of it. They just couldn't get rid of it. So but basically, even... if you could quieten that voice in your head, yeah. you'd like it. You'd probably enjoy it. Mm. Okay. I would say so, yeah. But I'm gigging over 20 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've heard that you're kind of like not really pushed to be ever do it again now. Oh, no, no. I, I, like, I re- don't really want to put myself through that again. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of done. Uh, yeah, like, but I, I don't know if that's realistic. I mean, it's Ireland. It's not like I've done 20 years of stand-up and I have millions in the bank. I still have to pay the bills. Sure, you know? yeah. And when you're funny for money, you still have to pay the rent. Yeah, of course. Uh, so there's all of that. Like, yeah. So I'll see. At, at the moment, I'm lucky enough that I'm doing radio. And, and you're doing your TV work. You had your DIY show. And the DIY Archie. show and a few bits that, keep, that could come in and have been coming in you know yeah but at the same at the same breath I'll say to you I'm very lucky I have all of these things but and like I feel and I know that's true and I enjoy it but at the same breath I'll tell you I'm my biggest fear is poverty like I still think I'm going to end up with nothing okay not a pot to piss in at the end of the month (laughs) okay is that a consistent worry (laughs) it's the most (laughs) consistent worry that is the most consistent worry that keeps me up at night yeah You, you know I still even in the grand scheme of things have this you're going to fuck it up fear you know I can't get rid of it. Okay. Yeah. This is therapy session now. Like, I mean, I feel like I should be giving you money for this. I feel like I should definitely, this is at least 90 euros worth right now, isn't it? This is definitely 90 quids worth. I, like, if I was in the Hermitage Clinic now, I'd be banging out fucking hundreds for this. You know what I mean? Hundreds, like. Come here, you, me- you mentioned Madhouse and, um, you know, you, you, you did a brilliant, very successful play. Unfortunately, I never saw it, but I heard brilliant reviews of it. Yeah, it was, was good crack. It was yeah. good crack. And yeah, it really went well. And it was and Catherine Lynch that played my man, your mother in the Maria, character yeah. of my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was so proud of Madhouse because we were the first and I would say only play in the Abbey Theatre where we had Dublin jerseys in the audience you know like yeah, we had this we yeah, had a, yeah. we brought an audience to the Abbey Theatre that would never be at the Abbey Theatre you know and I, I'm really proud of that like and like it's based on that other experience in my life so after yeah, so I, was, so I was adopted and then I was put into foster care mm. I was in foster care for six months I don't know where that was that's lost that's gone in time I don't know where that was but after that my I was adopted by my parents and uh, my dad had a pub but the pub was gone and uh, so in, as my ma took on it was this the Eastern Health Board as it was known at the time this, before the, the HSC yeah. before the HSC they had this experiment basically and it was yeah. a, an experiment to see can you put people with mental health problems back into the community but like mm-hmm. this is all in today's language like mental and health were not I think two words that were ever used side by side yeah. like in the show we say in the 80s you were either mental or you had health that's it there yeah. was no mental yeah. health you know and then so they took these people who are schizophrenic essentially uh, six schizophrenic people and they were put into the house with me and my family you know like that's a risky move isn't it it was a, it was the it was like I mean it was very well intended but let's be honest it was the most ridiculous like it was a wild thing to do right yeah, for everyone involved for everyone involved for yeah. them for us for our family for the dog even like it was a, it was a strange yeah. environment for us all together we all lived in this like tempest together so like me my mom my dad my sister the dog were on one side of the house and then there was these six people and they would change you know every so often okay. one would you know well, unfortunately one might die or would okay. be moved on to a different place and then we get someone else new you know uh, so we had this really mad home dynamic and that went on for about nine years didn't yeah it? yeah 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 nine or wow. ten years and what age were you when they when it started oh I was only young I mean I was very young like we left Marino I was only Jesus what age was I was I seven or eight okay. something like yeah like, no I was later than that maybe so about ten I'd say because I went right up until my dad died really uh, and when did your dad die again? Late nineties. Yeah, he like ninety nine. My dad died. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so it was longer then. It was about 15, 16 years. It was long. Like it was a long time. Like it was a prolonged part of the formative years of of our lives. You know. Yeah. And that uh, became your normal. It became a normal. Yeah. And like you're talking about, like so you're talking about coming home from school and yeah. for instance, like you had six people there. Like one person uh, who was ultra so paranoid. He just thought there was somebody trying to uh, attack him all the time. He was like you know constantly hiding behind corners and yeah. like you know hiding behind trees in the garden and all this shit. You know, and uh, had this really weird. Mood movement pattern that he used to do and then there was another man who thought there was a dog living inside him okay. uh, there was another man who thought he was going to be beaten up by this other person who was didn't even exist in the house another guy who saw a, a gorilla constantly so you know you're coming home from school and you're chasing away imaginary gorillas like you're, you're taking people out of hedges you know Jesus. it was it was a very bizarre yeah. existence and like. it is absolutely when you say it now like I'm, I'm trying to not 
piss myself laughing because it sounds oh, yeah, yeah. so mental. It is hilarious, but not if you're feckin' living it, I suppose. Oh, well, yeah, I know, but it was. It did. was a very funny time. Did you laugh? You know, you it. did, and they did too. Okay. I mean, a lot of, they okay. realised, like, people who have schizophrenia have schizophrenia. They are very aware of most of what's happening, you know, okay, so yeah, they yeah, knew yeah. that this was mm. a weird situation, you know, like, yeah, you know, I, was, I would sit down with some of the lads sometimes and even, and they would be like, your poor mother, I know, I know, I'd be there, I know my poor mother. <laughs> Like, she's looking after our fucked up dysfunctional family <laughs> and you. And he'd be like, yeah, I know. I know. And, like, and, be like, and your man's in the hedge again. I'd be like, I know he's in the hedge. I have to get him out of the fucking hedge. Like, you know, and then, and he's like, well, you better go. I'll leave you at it. And then he'd go off and have whatever problems he had. And then, you know, you're pulling the man out of the hedge and the other guy is around the far side of the garden fucking barking. Like, it was oh, wild. Geez, like, it was, you know. Yeah. And then you like, it got, to, you know, my man would be giving, handing out the food and I'm like, you know, trying to get the medication right. You know, and I'm a teenager. Like, I don't know what happens, you know. And then, God forbid, my elephant was left in charge. She's just like, he'd be just like looking at people thinking my god no, maybe he takes a blue pill I'll hope for the best like <laughs> like it was chaos so your dad wasn't hands on with them no my dad wasn't hands on okay, no my okay. elephant was the type of fellow who turned the hoover on and sat next to it with a beer in the glass like you know <laughs> okay. like he was very much and then my dad would have to take them to mass so my dad had this car like this old um, Ford Cortina you know yeah. like and like a regular Cortina and like him so there's like the seven men in this fucking thing <laughs> going to St. John's Church in Clontarf like, and them all piling out. And then, of course, none of them got to mass. They just got out and walked away. <laughs> Including me, Elphala, who just got to the fucking pub. You know, and then they come back and you're like, what's going on here? Like, yeah, people, and then me ma's like, where are they? I don't know. Like, it was just <laughs> absolutely bats. Yeah. Like, you know, and you, some people would just, you know, one guy, Danny, would just get out of the car and come home. And he didn't want to go mass in the first place. What are you making forcing grown adults to go to mass for? <laughs> Like in the well, you know, force like the why that's even a part of the schedule of the day. You know, it gets to Sunday and every man in this house must go to mass. You know, I'm like I'll cycle as if I I never near the fucking place. Like I was I come down there and like people saying to you, you know, your man that lives down the road and he's always like jumping in the now of the lane and all. But I not no, I'm I fucking fed him. Like I I live with him. You know, like it was it was completely bonkers. Like you know, and at the same time for the, for a brief, I, like it was just I I, I was in an all girls before that so I was the first I was the lad that went to the all girls school and then I was uh, my parents left very late when Romeo in school and then I ended up being in the holy fate so it was me, there was five boys in the whole school you know yeah. so it was me and four, and four other lads right and like make, I made me whole, you want to see me communion pictures it's just me and everyone in dresses <laughs> They're all just in dresses and me there with white ribbon in a, in, a, in a pair of shorts and a suit jacket. Like something out of Miami Vice. It's oh. the weirdest thing. You know, uh, You know, and, and then for straight out of that environment, when that environment looks straight out of that environment yeah. into into the madhouse environment. Yeah. You know, so it, it sets you up. You, like, what chance do you have except for a career in comedy? Like it's just going to be, a, it's a different life. You well, know? you certainly have uh, oodles of brilliant material at hand like it's I don't know there's pro- oh, maybe there's a book in it or something I don't I d- know I definitely think there is I, de- so, I definitely think there is because it's mad. almost hard to believe that it, it happened but it did as you said it was a, a form of a kind of a social experiment and you were one of only kind of four homes wasn't it I thought in the country there was houses all over Ireland doing, doing this. this I thought this was just this it's was commonplace the what we happens. do in Ireland, yeah. you know, you can't look after yourself. They find someone who look after you, much like myself, you know. Um, and then, and it turns out there was only a handful of houses around yeah. the country, like hardly any houses. And your mother there. was a nurse, but she wasn't a psychiatric nurse, so she wasn't no, trained to no, deal with. No, she them. was a regular nurse in yeah. Liverpool and London, and uh, she, and a hairdresser before that. And then so she, she, she what? No one had to train him for this. And like it was a handful of houses. They had to stop the scheme eventually because people were taking advantage of these people. Like that, there's okay. a really serious dark side to it as well. Like these people were going to people's houses and then they were being made to use to work and you oh know God, right, so okay. there was a lot there's a real dark side to it as well uh, and so the scheme had to be ended and quite recently I was doing this thing uh, this men's mental health chat you know after having this podcast I'm wondering why they asked me like <laughs> uh, but I was doing this thing and one of the lads on it his ma was the nurse who used to call around and do the checkups on our hi- oh. on our house and he's working in the mental health sort of system today yeah I get you and he was okay. asking me, like, did you never think about it? I was there, are you, are you serious? 
I mean, what, I couldn't wait to start to get out of that. I couldn't wait for that to, to get yeah, out of that yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. And he was in the same. He he grew up in the same sort of system, but he loved it. He okay. want he want he stayed this rest of his whole life. He stayed in it. Uh, his mother had people in the house as well, and he lived in it. And he just wanted to keep that in him. He, he's still working away in the right. in the mental health environment. I couldn't get out of it fast enough, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I suppose I mean I was as bad as anyone in the house, you know, a teenager. Who wants to live with a teenager? So I mean it's, imagine yeah. like you had your own mental health issues and you're in your seventies and then you're living with a teenager. Like I mean they really had <laughs> a lot to put up with like Yeah. But uh yeah, God, it's 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 it is it is it is it's mental and but it's also fascinating. Um did you ever go to sleep at night and and be worried, you know, as in, you know, it's it's all well and, well and good, you telling this and talking about your man who was barking like a dog, your man who thought he saw, uh, you know, a gorilla and somebody else hiding behind the hedges. And it is comical when you talk about it because it's so outrageous. But on a serious note, then you're going to no, bed at night. Did you ever worry like there were... There was something going to happen that was going to put your safety at risk. Is no. what I'm going to say. No, no, right. never. They were Brilliant. vulnerable people. Like they were very okay. vulnerable people. They were like people who needed to be cared for. Like, oh, okay. and I think that's the thing. A lot of people, things with mental health and all of that is that people, you know, people are even. I I learned that lesson early that pe- mental health is nothing to be afraid of in other people. Like it's to, you know. They, these people, these were not dangerous people. These were people who were vulnerable. These are like the most yeah. vulnerable people I have ever met in my life. In my life. There is literally, the, the men that lived with us were in a system that couldn't look after them before they ever even got to my house. Some of them had been through horrific stuff in their lives. Yeah. They were completely and utterly the most vulnerable people I have ever met. Like I meet 10 year olds who have more worldly experience and know how to look after themselves better than these people. These people were so vulnerable, you know. Uh, And so there was never any fear on my part. I would say, if anything, they were afraid. Having teenagers come into the house and, you know, like the unpredictability of our family a lot of the time. I would say put fear in. Me and my sister. And 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 my old man and my mom, whatever goes, you know, all families are nuts and they have their moments and all of this. I would say, if anything, they were afraid. I would say the terror they must have had been told, you're being put in a fucking house with a family you've never met before. Mm. And, uh, And that's this family growing up, they must have been. It must have been so overwhelming for someone who has the issues that they had, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, So it was the other way. It was definitely the other way around. I, I think about them every so often. I think probably not many of them must be alive anymore, if any. Uh, and I think they must have been terrified of yeah. the environment they were in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Does that make you more compassionate then towards people with mental illness? Yeah, well, I don't know. Do, I, does it? I don't know. Maybe I just understand it a little bit more. Yeah, because you've had experience because you, you grow up seeing it yeah. you know uh, maybe I just understand it a little bit more uh, you know that it's nothing to be afraid of and that it is not if you don't have it I mean it's obviously a very frightening thing if you do uh, but it does make me think about you know the way a lot of the mental health awareness today yeah um, always feels like it excludes people like that for me because I like you know a lot of mental health awareness a lot of it focuses on anxiety and depression and all these things and you know that's fine but right now, like there was walking around, there's people who, one guy we lived with used to see his dead brother in the shop standing next to him, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you don't really hear no, you people don't. say, oh, that's okay. Don't worry. It's okay to be okay with that. You don't really hear about people saying, listen, if you have severe mental trauma like happening now, like you're like that, you know, it, it always feels like they're kind of left out of the conversation a little bit, to be honest. Very good point. You know, I did. Like, the, the mental health is not just anxiety and depression. Mental health is there's an Full awful spectrum. lot more. There's some severe mental health issues that are yeah that that don't. That I still don't hear people talk about it at all. Yeah, you're right. We don't. You know, and we spoke no. We're speaking no more about them now than we did back in back in those days. You know. Yeah. So it just it yeah, does yeah. feel like that to me. You know, it feels like there's still a huge amount of people in the mental health sort of spectrum that are forgotten, just not included. You know. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't good. No, so. but, uh, you know, so maybe it just makes me a little bit more understanding. Aware, of yeah. I don't know. I really don't Well, know. definitely, straight away, I, I, but then, I, like, I didn't kind of shows it. my own ignorance by asking that question because your response was so quick, you know. Um, I suppose I was just thinking, again, I was just thinking of it from one perspective rather than seeing it from the other. That, uh, well, well I, again, it's probably just because we don't talk about it, but then, like, it's, it's I don't know. I don't come out of it very... 
I mean, I come out of it with my own mental health issues, I suppose. You come out of that house and that experience too. My own anxieties. I mean, sure. talk about learning how to catastrophize. Like, you know, when you're going home and every other day there's an ambulance outside your house or something crazy is happening, you do learn to expect the worst, you know. Yeah. So you do, you develop your own relationship with anxiety you know <laughs> you know so was i afraid yeah i was terrified going to bed but um not of those people i was just terrified of what might happen like you know yeah okay. what, what 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 crazy thing is going to happen in this house next but and is that going back to the kind of the fight or flight were you always kind of in that um do you operate a lot of the time you know, we hear about, people speak about the parasympathetic system and the sympathetic system. So it's the nervous system. One is calm, it's the rest and digest. And the other one is the adrenaline-fueled fight or flight where you're you're always on. Right. Are you always on? I never, I don't know. I've, I haven't thought about that before. I guess so, yeah. I suppose I am, yeah. yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I still am, yeah. I guess so. Always waiting for something. Yeah. To happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. So, yeah, look, this has been, uh, you know, a brilliant conversation. I just, I'm conscious of the fact that I probably have asked you some kind of left to center questions as well. But I did want to ask you one thing, if it's okay. Yeah. Because we're hearing a lot about Bespera in the news, particularly over the past year or so in yeah. particular. How do you feel? How do you feel about it? I don't know how I feel about it. I, I guess for me, you see, it's not new news. Yeah. You know, this has been with me all my life. Like, you know, all my life, I knew that there was this place that uh, my mother was in. And then, you know, uh, because of the system, I was born, you know. And uh, so I guess there's nothing new in that for me. And like I was on Ray Darcy show on Today FM just a few years back, you know. Yeah. And I said it to him about Westbrook House and he had no clue what I was talking about, you know. And I think that was the moment that I started doing... It was after I started doing interviews like this. Beforehand, I would always just do interviews and try and tell you what you wanted to hear or whatever. You know, I wasn't really honest in them. It was just like, how do I make this as entertaining as possible? You know? Yeah, I get you. In fact, I would probably try and deflect anything mm. from my personal life, to be honest, you know. Uh, and I remember saying that to him and then suddenly seeing his interest, actually, and then thinking, all oh, right, this is actually... People don't know this story. People don't know that this was a thing so it was very unusual for me then when it all came out all the news and all the stories came out and people were suddenly asking me oh how do you feel it's like well I feel the same as I felt for mm. forever yeah but in a weird way it was hard to take because uh, I don't know it kind of feels like it's not my story to tell it kind of feels like it was taken from me a little bit and it should have been because it's mo it should be about the women who were there. I mean, that's first and foremost, the women who were there mm. and the kids who didn't make it out of the, of these places, you know. Mm. Uh, and I suppose it's very much a women's issue. So I kind of get, I'm at a point where I'm afraid to talk about it in some ways because I don't really feel like it's mine. Uh, and it makes it hard to talk about, you know. I get emotional now when I think about it because I start thinking... Do I actually have any right to talk about this? You know, I don't remember it. Mm. I wasn't really there, you know. Um, my mother was there. But at the same time, it's sort of formed my whole life. Yeah. But then talking about it as a man, I feel like it's not really... I don't know if I'm allowed to or something. Uh, I, I feel like it's not my story, you know. And it makes it hard to talk about for me then. And in, in this is the only element of anything really that I find hard to talk about because it's like where, even now in a way, I think it is. And even now, even in this story, I still don't fit in, you know. Even in this story, I still feel like I don't fit in. Uh, so it's very hard to, it's a really hard question to answer. I wish, I wish I knew. I wish I, uh, I, I wish I had some memories. I wish I had something. I don't. Yeah. All I know is it's it's what it it's where I began, you know. That's where my story begins is in is in this place. But uh, there's a bit of survivor's guilt to it. Okay. Especially when you fear that so many people didn't make it. And then so many kids never got out. And then here I am then pissing them on with you for the last hour. You're not. I know, but it's it feels like I know and I know this isn't real, but there, there, there's, there's this guilt I'm like 
you know, if, if you're not enjoying every single aspect of your life, then you, sh- you should be paying. You, you know, like, the, like you, it just feels like you're taking things for granted. And then I hear the interviews of the women who were there, and then I hear other people's stories, and their st- stories are so much worse than mine again. And I feel guilty. You know, I do feel guilty. Yeah, sometimes I feel very guilty about it. Sometimes I do. Yeah. And I think maybe there's, maybe that that's a bit of why I'm trying to tr- justify my existence again, all the fucking time. I, I guess that's as honest as I can answer the question. I don't know if that's yeah. that's not even really much of an answer for you, to be honest. Uh, but well, it's hard, you know, yeah. to to think about it. Because, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, Jesus, everywhere you went, you've made life difficult for people, you know. And... Um, yeah, I'm here, you know. Yeah, I'm alive. Yeah, I've done all right. You know, I've great people in my life. Yeah. But I'm still finding a way to walk around being miserable a lot of the time. And I kind of feel like that that gives me guilt, you know. Um, and I suppose it's, so, it's pointless, people like me, saying to you, you're hard on yourself and... Um, if all the people that, that, that you're connected to, that you're friends with, that love you, I'm guessing would not say the shit that goes on in your head about you. It just seems yeah. like you're so hard on yourself and you are such a gorgeous person. And obviously you've brought so much light into people's lives through your comedy work. Um, and then you're on radio every morning. You're, you're, you know, you wake Dublin up. Um, you know, well, you, br- some you bring anyway. some of them. You bring a lot of good. <laughs> you bring a lot of good to the world. You know. Uh, I try to. Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Working against trying to be a negative, to being a negative force. You know. Um, when do you let yourself feel it? Let it in. You know that you're you are worthy of it, and you're you are a good person, and you do deserve good things. When do I do that? When will you let yourself? When will I do that? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I definitely need to pay you for this. Like, <laughs> This is definitely like we're running into the thousands of euro at this stage. <laughs> this is one of those. This is one of that, that is the ultimate therapist question. After an hour's chat, look at that. Almost bang on the time I'd be thrown out of a therapist cell and, you, and you've left me with that banger to walk down the road with now. You know, <laughs> I don't honestly, honestly, I don't know. And honestly, if I if that question is ever answered fully, will I what what will I do then? You know, who will it be then? You know, what happens then? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's what, what does that even look like? You know, I don't know. Okay, let's par- know. let's forget I even yeah. asked that. Last, I'll la- just go la- riding bikes and hoping for the best. Yeah, and look at <laughs> so is that stuff that makes you happy in your life? Because, you know, I know you're you're pretty good in the kitchen by the sound of things. Yeah, I love cooking. Yeah, you love being on your bikes. You love your dogs. Uh, you've got a great circle of people around you. You've got a job that you like doing. Um, you know, life's pretty good. Life's pretty good, yeah. I'm yeah. terrified of it all ending, but genuinely life is pretty good. I mean, I have, you know, those are things. It's those things that do give me, you know, that yeah. make me happy, you know. I love going, like... I like uh, the p- pandemic was hard because it doesn't there's these small things that do make me happy all the time like I fucking love going to matches I love going to see balls playing I love going yeah. to see the dubs playing nothing makes me happier than it I love it I love that that feeling of being a part of something that is bigger than me mm. you know I love all that I love walking with dogs I love being around animals in general I love feeling their company and feeling appreciated when do I feel like a good person when I'm around my fucking dogs there's your answer now smart pants <laughs> When I'm around my dogs, I feel like number one. You know, I do. You know, I love that. I love the uh, the, that. I love that. I love being on a motorbike. I love that. I'm gonna get on a motorbike in my jeans and jacket, be too fucking hot, going down the road for a while until I cool down, and then I have the whole world at my feet. I love the sense of freedom that gives me. You know, I love that. I love that the people in my life. I love that I haven't totally given up on myself. I'm still. I'm trying to give a new relationship a go at the minute. I'm bound to fuck it up, but I'm having a having a shot. (laughs) I'm I'm having a shot. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. 
know, I love that I'm still good mates for the lane, that I haven't, you know, disappointed everybody I've ever met. So genuinely, genuinely, when you break it all down, when yeah. you look at it, like these are things to be really, really happy about. You can't do them properly at the moment because of the poxy pandemic, but it's coming back around. Yeah. So I love those things, you know. I love wow. that I'm going to go home and cook myself some decent food, you know. I can appreciate the smaller things in life, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Big picture, I'm scared of me shite. Genuinely, day to day, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, look, isn't it brilliant that you're so honest because, you know, a lot of people aren't as honest as you. And yeah, probably too honest, am I? Did I freak you out brilliant. now? You didn't freak me out at all. This has been an amazing conversation. You are bloody brilliant and I feel really lucky that you uh, were so willing to to go there because you could have told me to feck off on numerous occasions during this conversation and you would have been within your rights to do so. So, um, thanks well, for... Well, that would have been rude. I would have seen, well, you know. <laughs> but you could have. You could have said, well, I'm not going there. Don't don't ask me that. And that you would have been within your rights to do that. So, um, so thank you. Uh, I just think you're a great guy and I think you're way too hard on yourself. Uh, but I'm also excited to see what you do next because I know that maybe stand-up is something that you will or won't do but you're 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 going to continue doing great things and the more I think you're just being yourself and real uh, you know it's just it's fascinating to be honest where it's going to well, go next we'll see God knows I don't know I don't know what's going to happen fingers crossed it's not shit <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And if you like my podcast, please consider showing your support. It only takes a minute or two and I would be so grateful. You can leave a rating or a little comment on Apple or you can simply click follow on Spotify. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.